Do you ever get the feeling like sometimes there's a you that the world wants you to be and we have to like go around and show everybody this idea or concept like a lot and it gets exhausting and it gets tiring and then there's an idea of us that we want people to see we want people to understand we want people to see from us but the hard part of that is it's really not who we are too and then there's us the us that we know on the inside the real us the actual us which one are you really and how much of the time do you spend in each of these three faces today's podcast is going to be talking about the face the mask and the true self the first part of the podcast we're going to examine what is the face what do we show other people that is a glimpse of what we want to be seen as what is the mask the mask is the part of us that we want other people to see, that want other people to know of us, but it's not really, truly, wholly us either. And then lastly, we're gonna drive into the, two, the true self. Who are we really? Who are we wanting to be seen as, known as? And how does that have to do with the face and mask? And what can we do to be brave enough to be our real selves a lot more often? So with that, we're gonna dive right in and we're gonna talk a little bit about this concept of face. So to give you a sense of what face looks like, this idea is a class of behaviors and customs that operate in different countries and cultures and they're associated with morality or authority or individual or an image of group and societal goals. So again, when we're talking about face, it's kind of more of a sociological concept that it's, and it can be linked with a sense of dignity and prestige that a person has in terms of their social relationships. And when we talk about face, sometimes face is not just your face, but to how the face of who you are reflects on the family or the people within your culture. We're not gonna be really talking about this idea of face in that way. Today, what we're gonna be looking at is the face that you want other people to see about you. So your face could be that you're super funny all the time, or your face could be that you're complicated and there's a lot that goes along with you and there's a lot that means to be a you. We're gonna talk about how we wanna be seen as attractive or we put our best foot forward. Uh, we wanna be seen as adept or competent. Again, this is the us that is the way we want to be seen, but it also excludes some of the ways that we really are. So again, when we're talking about face, Think of it as how you present. What do you show folks? If you don't know what this looks like, go to your Instagram feed and look at how you like to be looked at. What pictures do you show folks? What stories do you share with folks? Is it the best of you? Is it your highlight reel? Because most of the time when we're talking about face, this is the highlight reel self. This is the sense of who we are and how we wanna be seen. So again, when we're talking about face, other ways to see the idea. The face is an image of yourself, which is delineated in a terms of approved social attributes. So again, it's you, but it's a projection of you that is more valued with different social attributes. Face is also respectability 
and or deference which a person can claim for themselves from others. So it's the face of respectability or it's the way we want to see ourselves as deferred or deferrable to other people that are higher in status than us, that have a different sense of like moral being, they have a different sense of social hierarchy. Uh, face is also something in which we invest into emotionally. So we're very emotionally connected to the idea of our face and our outgoing face that we want other people to see. Face can be lost because we can't always be the thing that we want other people to see in us. It's hard to maintain this sense of false projection of self and that it can be lost. We put a lot of effort and energy into maintaining our face. Who are we and how do we want to be seen? We, we dress up certain ways. We hang out with certain people. We have certain hobbies. And this is a big part of a projection of our image of self and what we want other people to see. We can enhance our face by wearing other clothes or hanging out with people that are seen to be as cool. We can enhance our face and showing images that reinforce the ideas and images that we want to connect our face to. But one of the things that's most important to understand about face is that it must constantly be attended to in all interactions, in all ways, spaces of being. And again, it is only a projection of you. It's not really you. It's parts of you. It's like your best parts of you are parts of you that you're hoping to get to and create and maintain, but it's not really you. Face is also a sense of worth that comes from knowing where you are in a social hierarchy. It's knowing from where you derive your sense of status or connection to others. It is a reflecting room and it reflects the concern with the congruence between one's performance or appearance of what you'd want your self-worth to be. So you really try to strive to connect the you you want to be with this face image, with this outward looking idea of you. And you put your worth on how well you are able to perform or show this image of you that is connected with your face. So again, it's a performance, it's a projection, it is a way you want to be seen. It is a slightly improved false you that you want to show the world. A face can also mean a sociodynamic valuation. And this word, the words kind of connecting a sociodynamic valuation would be prestige, dignity, honor, respect, and status. So again, this concept of face is a projection that you make of you and you're trying to show it to as many different people that you like or care about so they can see this image of face that you project so you can be accepted, liked, or loved by people in this social hierarchy, in this space of perceived social uh, value. It's this image of you that is not quite you but you really want people to associate with you. And so seeing this face and negotiation of face is something that's really important because all of us have a face and we all show this face to others and we all really like this idea of face. We want people to see this image of face. So when you think with the Inclusive Activism podcast, I want to be seen as competent, as knowing what I'm talking about. I want to be seen as me sending a message of value. I want to be seen as someone that's hopefully 
giving you something that you care about or something that could help you in your day to day. Um, I would love the, for the podcast to get super huge and potentially have sponsors and you know, maybe one day become a YouTube channel or maybe one day become a TV show, right? You see all this face stuff, which is so far away from me sitting alone in my office, talking to a microphone, hoping I can create something that somebody would like to listen to. That is my inclusive activism face that I am showing you, that I'm hoping you connect to, that I'm hoping that you get some sort of societal, social value to. So you'll want to connect to the Inclusive Activism Podcast, that you'll see me in this way as someone that can help you or make a difference for you. But again, it's the face, the false image, the idea of me that I want you to see. So then you see me this way, you give me a respect in a certain way, you defer to me for certain things, you give me a sense of prestige, a sense of dignity, a sense of honor, a respect, or status. Again, it's a projection of the self. Now moving on, now we're gonna talk about an idea called the mask. And with mask, this is more me talking about an idea that is who you have to be for others. So sometimes when we're talking about mask, we're talking about how society wants you to be or perform. So for women, it could be your mask could be that you want to be seen as ladylike or you want to be seen as demure or sexy or whatever, right? Uh, for men, it, you, our mask is trying to show that we're tough or that we're competent or that we know what's going on or that we are a certain way and a certain type of being. Uh, Sometimes masks that we wear make us be certain way for certain people. So a mask that might happen for folks in uh, in higher social classes, it would be like us showing certain brands, us doing certain things, us relating to these other things that other people have value towards. But it's not things that we like so much, it's things that they like so much. So when we're talking about this mask, our social mask, it's us wearing something and other people put the mask on us. Other people want us to be this mask or ask or act in this mask-like way. Um, the mask is something that's put on us and we are expected to act in this certain way. So um, great ideas that are connected with mask would be women need to be hot and super sexy. Women need to act stupid so they can make their man feel better. These are all mask concepts that are put on us that isn't really us, but we feel like we should incorporate into us because of the social pressure to be and act in a certain way. Again, for men, it's to be tough, to look strong all the time, to dominate or control those seen as lesser or weak than us. These are mask concepts put on us, ways of being that shape us, that make us be and act in a certain way. It makes us perform certain concepts in a certain way. So we can maintain our sense of in-groupness with, with a group that we belong to. So sometimes we will wear mask when we're trying to connect with others and mask can be like kind of blended with face if we're trying to be connected with that group or that group of people. So again, understanding this mask concept, mask, again, this is not something, this is something I'm putting together. So when I talk about the sociological mask, this is something that other people make you be 
other people want you to be or act like because you are not really this thing and they want you to be more like the thing. So sometimes a mask is an emotional mask. It's a mask that we hide behind because we're afraid that people will see the real us. So if we're unsure of our sense of power, we might put on the mask of being a bully to hide the inside of our power. And in some ways this is kind of phase too, but there's also an in-group connection power thing that makes us act in a certain way. If we don't think that the world loves us, we'll put on a mask of anger and we'll wear the mask as a sense of protection. And again, it's kind of like face too, but sometimes this mask thing is a way of forcing you into being a certain way or performing a certain way so you can feel like you pass, like you're okay, like you belong. Um, an example of a lower socioeconomic class mask, it'd be wearing like brands like Levi or Wrangler, something that's seen as more working man. It could be flannel or, or more of like blue collar wear. Again, it's stuff that you put on to help you to connect to another group outside of yourself. And it's an expectation that's put on you by the outside group. So an example of someone that's wearing their mask in a wrong way. If you're gonna go do business with somebody that's blue collar and you come wearing a tuxedo, well, not a tuxedo, you probably don't do business in a tuxedo, but you're coming in a business suit, right? And you wanna do business with them and you're wearing a shirt and tie, they might be like, hey, you get out of here. Like, I don't talk to people with shirt and ties. We're regular folks here. We're real people here, right? And so you need to put on this mask of way of being that's not who you really are. So you have the ability or capacity to connect to these people, to this group, that's not something that you really are. It's something, that, again, that is slightly outside of who you are. It's not really you. And it's a projection that you put on that others place on you. But you do it for the others. You don't do it for you. You do it for them. So they are more comfortable with who you are. It's a socially acceptable image of you that they like. But it's not you. It's who they want you to be. It's how they want you to act. It's how they want you to present. Again, mask is also a performance too. You have to perform mask because you are not enough yet. You are not acceptable. And so this way of being is super important to know and understand because it's a social expectation placed on you by others that are in your group that want you to still stay in this group. It's a form of in-group conformity to have you be, act, or look a specific way. And for the third thing, it's why do we wear faces and why do we wear masks? Is one of our greatest fears is that if we actually show who we really are, if we show our true selves to people, the world will be, it's just you. Or they'll be like, mm, I thought you were cooler than this. Or this is who and isn't who I wanted you to be. Sometimes it's really complicated because our when we show our face to people, it's not really who we are. So we're selling ourselves with our face. And then at some point in time, people are like, wait a minute, you're not your face. This doesn't make any sense. I was trying to see who you are according to who you want to be seen as face. Now that I really start to get to know you, you're not your face. 
You're just a projection of what your face wants, what you want your face to look like. You're not really you. So sometimes when people tell me like, what can I do to be attracted to the opposite sex? I go, dude, I don't know. You need to figure out you and try to find a way to live and be happy with who you are. Because what you're trying to ask me is, what kind of face can I put on so they'll want to be around at the beginning? But if you only wear a, ma a face that's not you, then eventually they're going to find you out. And if they don't like you because you aren't being you, they're going to feel like you sold them on something that's not who, what, who you really are. And that's a problem, right? Now with the mask, it's hard because you're forced into a, a way of being by other people's expectations of you. And it can be really scary to shed your mask because it's part of you belonging. It's part of you being this part of this in-group. It's part of you having a sense of status and connection with people. Uh, but again, the mask is uncomfortable because it's not who we are. It's a social societal expectation of who you should be. And it's somebody putting that stuff on you. And it's difficult. It's hard because what this does, it is exhausting. And it makes you live an inauthentic life. If you put on a mask or you put on a face for two or for 10 different people, and then you try to take it off, um, and then some other else wants you to put on, a, you feel the need to put up another mask or somebody else you to put on another face, it gets exhausting. And worst of all, you eventually begin to forget who you really are. There's a great quote by this actress and comedian named Fanny Bryce, and she says, let the world know you as you are, not who you think you should be or who they expect you to be. Because sooner or later, if you are posing, you are going to forget to pose. And then who are you? So there's three practical reasons that I think we should shed the mask and the face. The first one is we need to live into the true potential of who we are, our full flawed selves. Um, and because the other thing is sometimes with the mask, we don't look at our flaws and we can't improve the flaws because we're so busy constructing this image of perfection that we are not. We avoid our flaws. We never work on our flaws and we never get better at those flaws. So we got to embrace the truth of our true actual flawed self if we're going to try to find a way to get a little bit better. There are a lot of people that have our same skill sets or better skill sets, but that's okay. Just because somebody is better at something doesn't mean they're better than you. Some people have similar personalities or similar creativities or a similar spirit to a job you do. But again, understand when we embrace the uniqueness, and a lot of the uniqueness in us comes from the flaws in us, then we get to be who we really are, and that's where the uniqueness comes, and that's how we're different. Now, the second reason we need to do it, again, is just relief. Uh, so we can live into a more authentic life, that we can love who we really are, rather than be a projection or image of who we feel like we have to be for others, or who we want to be for others. And it becomes a really big problem in maintaining a mask. Again, you wanna, you wanna drop the face and the mask, so then you can just be you, 
And if there's parts of you that you really like, let those things shine. If there's parts of you that you don't like, be honest with those things so people can get a sense of who you really are. Because it'll also give them permission to be more of who they really are. Which takes me to reason number three why I think this is important. The third reason is healing. When we may wear masks, we carve parts of who we are out of the picture and we withhold part of ourselves, seeing this part of ourselves as unworthy. But in relationships, especially within our spiritual relationships, we cannot be a healed whole person if all we do is offer up pieces of who we are. It's like handing someone a broken vase and then asking them to fix it, but then also only holding back some flawed pieces that are really us. So it's funny because we go out in the world and we're like, here, fix me, make me whole with this idea of like soulmate or perfect other or best friend that accepts you all the time. But then we hold back parts of our true selves and we want them to put them together, which nobody can put them together. We got to put ourselves together and only we can probably put ourselves together because these are pieces of who we are that we would never share with somebody else that would be so freeing for this other person to see within us. It's hard to ask someone to fix you when you don't be honest with who you are. So if you are getting help and you are seeing a therapist, you gotta tell them the worst parts of you. Otherwise they can't help you put you back together. I heard a pastor at Hope City Church in Indianapolis say, masks and faces make shallow what God has intended to be deep. Everything in our lives gets cheated when we choose to hide behind our masks. And remember, when we were little kids, we were not born with faces and we were not born with masks. We choose to put them on or we choose to accept the social responsibility of being that thing. Start off with a simple exercise. Think about negative messages that you have hold, held on to. Is it really true? I mean, is it really completely always 100% true? More than likely, the answer is no. And then if this is the case, we can ask ourselves these questions. Why am I carrying the responsibility of this idea? If I were to put down the responsibility of a face or a mask, what would happen? What's the worst that would happen? Probably very few things, especially if we were to offer our flaws up for others. The main risk that we face is the reaction of the world. Opening yourself up can threaten others and invites them to need to reevaluate their own lives. Many times, it forces them to realize that they too have the power to change, but haven't. So understand, other people and their own drama or problems, don't let that stop you from embracing really you. Don't Pull your mask off a little bit and then let the world scare you into putting it back on. Don't take your face down for a little bit and then let the world scare you into putting it back on. The poet E.E. E. Cummings said, The greatest battle we face as human beings is the battle to protect our true selves from the self the world wants us to become. So I leave you with this final thought. Think about the face and the mask you wear and commit to trying to take that stuff off a little bit more. Hold your gifts and flaws out to the world with no apology, with no shame and no regrets. 
and understand that every single person is a unique special being and has a rightful place and if and we don't we don't need a fake you we need a real whole you if we're going to do something to make this world a whole and bigger and better place so with that what i talked to you today was i talked to you a little bit about this concept of face this face is a projection of you that you want people to see about you but it's not really you it's just the best of you and it holds out some of the flawed tender parts of who you are we talked about the mask and the mask is who others want you to be it's their societal expectations of how they want you to act it's a limitation of you placed on others by you and it's funny because both the mask and the face makes us be who we're not then lastly i started to talk a little bit about your true selves it's the beautiful parts of you it's the ugly parts of you it's the shameful parts of you it's the parts of you you hide from everybody else but because you hide this piece of you that makes you less than you and we need a full you if we're going to get out there and do the work that we need to see happen in the world because there's only one you and it ain't your face and it ain't your mask it's deep vulnerable scared you and the more you can be brave enough to be a you the more you live into the freedom that allows us to drop our faces that allows us to drop our masks and take on the responsibility of the beauty of becoming our real selves. So with that, talking a little bit about self-care. As far as self-care, I've been doing really good with weightlifting and cardio. I got to still go see a doctor and my heart rate is like, my heart, my blood pressure is really, really good. So I'm seeing the results of all that cardio uh, and having like really like for me, like low blood pressure in a way that makes me really happy. So. Cardio and weightlifting is going really good. And I think I'm probably a little bit more balanced because I'm also choosing to rest a little bit more than I might normally. Like today is Labor Day and I would have probably done a speed ladder today. But instead, I just went to my partner's house. We had some andouille sausages and brats and had a pool day and I just enjoyed it. I didn't worry about the shoulds of the world. Meditation is going really good during the week. I'm definitely getting a meditation in every single morning outside of weekend mornings. I'm still struggling with weekend mornings and I'm still struggling to do the meditation at night like I know I need to. With what I hear with what we need to do with meditation is just do it. Like even just five minutes is another session and five minutes is five more minutes that you wouldn't have done otherwise. So it's something that I'm working on that I'm struggling through that I'm trying to get a little bit better at. I'm not really doing any yoga at all. And I might want to look at taking on the responsibility of doing maybe a yoga session on a Sunday weekly. But we'll see. Because I'm not sure how I feel about that. And then looking at my activism. What have I been doing in the world to make the world a better place recently? I've been setting up a lot of service uh, across the valley because I've put some service learning in my... Uh, interpersonal communication classes so i'm going to be going to andre house about once every month over the course of september october november and december so i'm really excited about that i filmed my final tedx video and so as soon as that's improved i will put my tedx speakers out for the world to see and i'm excited to see how that goes oh other self-care that i'm doing is i'm going to see my therapist once every two weeks and i'm starting to work on the 
scary, tender underbellies of Rowdy that I'm afraid to let other people to see. And I think I'm on my third meeting with my therapist, and that's getting better. I went and uh, made a new doctor's appointment. I met a new doctor, and that was something that was really special because I want to get some pieces of my health under control a little bit more. Uh, still working on some emerging evolution for the podcast, but we're not quite where we need to be with that. I've also joined a group called Playworks. They are champions of structured play and they help bring structured play to recess so all kids can have a sense of belonging, so they can learn how to work through conflict and connect through the power of play. And I am a Playworks ambassador. Uh, I'm there to mentor some of the junior coaches that they have, some of the site coordinators that they have, so I can help them become better and their best selves. And I'm excited about joining that organization and doing that thing. I've also been working with my Covey facilitator groups to help make the world a little bit better place in those areas. And kind of just really trying to get my stuff down because the semester has really gotten together and I'm excited about how it's coming together and I wanna see what I can do to help get a good sense of rhythm within my semester so I can feel good about those things. And recommendation of the podcast. There's a podcast called Living 4D with Paul Check. I would highly recommend you check out Living 4D with Paul Check. He's a weird dude, but he talks about uh, different doctors that guide us, that tell us what we need to do so we can get better. So a little bit about how cool Dr. Check is, is he talks about there's four doctors that will come and visit you unless you figure out how to get your stuff down. One is Dr. Happiness. This is a doctor who guides you through contemplation and planning about why you exist to establish your goals, dreams, and a legacy of who you really are. There's Dr. Diet. And Dr. Diet uh, shows up when you make sure you'll get your proper nutrition in. You gotta figure out your metabolic type, your nervous system, and what you really need to fuel it properly and connect and do it well. So thinking about all the things you bring into your body to make a UU and what kind of like building blocks are you using to make a UU. Then there's doctor movement and this is what you do to stretch and out loose muscles or exercise or move through the world with a sense of balance and understand that movement is a big part of who we are and that moving through the world in a way is super, super important. And then he talks about Dr. Quiet and Dr. Quiet is going inside and meditating or reading or spending focused intentional time within oneself so we can sit with the quietness of who we are and understand what we really need from ourselves. So Dr. Quiet allows us to quiet our body, our, our mind, our body down to figure out the things deep within us that we really need because Dr. Quiet tells us those things when we're in a quiet space. So I love Dr. Quiet, love that idea. So lastly, I uh, hope this was something that was interesting for you. If you have any thoughts or ideas that you'd like to share with the podcast, you can get a hold of us at 860-576-9393. Again, that number is 860-576-9393. You can leave us a voicemail. You can send us a text. You can email us at inclusiveactivism at cox.net. Again, that's inclusiveactivism at cox.net. That's I-N-C-L-I-V-E-A-C-T-I-V-I-S-M at cox.net and we would love to hear from you your thoughts and opinions and as always uh, please share the podcast rate and review us on apple podcasts on google play on stitcher 
on Spotify. Share podcast if you feel like there was something really good or somebody else might get something out of it. I love to see this stuff shared and shared all around because I really am doing this as a sense of service. I count this as service because I don't get paid for this. Nobody helps me with this. It's the discipline of holding myself accountable to providing something of value to you dear listener, that I choose to do this thing. So the more you share my service, the more my service means to others. And with that, if you have any um, thoughts or ideas that you'd like to send my way, 860-576-9393, inclusiveactivism at cox.net. And with that, I will bid you adieu. And we're only got so much September started. Today's just the second day of September, but we're going to begin to start cooling it down. I sing a little song to Tank and Michelle when I need to cool it down. Cooling it down, cooling it down. Everybody around needs to be cooling it down. Hope you all stay cool too. And with that, uh, peace and blessings. And I hope you got something out of today's topic. Thank you.